Good afternoon, or morning, it's 11.30. My caffeine is wearing off. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Josh, for that uh, introduction. And I like that you used the term fire. So I'm like, all right, a lot of pressure for service number two, but we got this. Uh, The worship team just set us up and D-Line just Man, you know, have you ever seen somebody that just makes you wish you knew how to sing? I mean, he's singing, yeah. I mean, all of them. But my brother's up here singing, and I'm like, if I knew how to sing, I mean, I'd be swinging my head and woo, you know. That's why Jesus didn't give it to me, because he said, you'd be doing too much. You'd be doing way too much. Um... But I am really honored to be here as you all's guest speaker today. As Josh mentioned, um, can I say Josh or is it just Joshua? It doesn't matter. Jay. (laughs) Thank you for that introduction. As he said, I was here two years ago and it was really dynamic. I really um, enjoyed my time here. You all are such a welcoming and wonderful community, and it is such a blessing to be here. I am uh, the lead pastor and planting pastor of a church in uh, the Twin Cities in the Minneapolis area called Blue Oaks Church. My husband, thank you. Thank you. I don't even, thank you. Thank you. I don't know. Have you visited before? Yeah. Oh, me. Okay. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> But uh, I am from there, and uh, we've been in plan for about eight years now, and I have eight years now. I say that as if we just got started, but some days it feels like we did just get started. Um, But I had the opportunity to meet you all's wonderful pastor when I first moved here, or when we first began our church. Uh, here, and I met him at a pastor's meeting in North Minneapolis where pastors were getting together and just talking about, you know, social justice and racial reconciliation, and it was just a really neat group, and as a new pastor in the area, you know, I'm here and I'm ready to get to meet people, and I didn't know this at the time, but, you know, you guys as pastors, a big deal, you know, here here, uh, in the Twin Cities and just period, nationally, globally, he is. Yeah, you can give your pastor a hand even though he's not here. Also heard it's his birthday today. Yeah. Mary told me not to say that last service, but I'm being rebellious. (laughs) Just in case it's another two years uh, before I get invited back. Oh, Nicole made another mistake. Two years probation. Um, But... I love you, Mary. Um, (laughs) And so anyway, I had a chance to meet him. And so at this meeting, the new pastor, I'm there, and he introduces himself, and he says, hi, my name is Greg. And I'm like, hi. He's like, Greg Boyd? And I was like, hello, Greg Boyd. (laughs) See, I didn't know, but then I got educated, you know, from my other colleagues, and I was like, wow, but your pastor is an amazing teacher, theologian, thinker um, and supporter and mentor of many pastors like myself. And so it is an honor to be in this pulpit and to be trusted uh, to bring a message today. I was told I have an hour and a half to preach. (laughs) Why are you guys laughing? (laughs) 
You guys are like, try it, it'll be another two years, man. <laughs> but honestly, I am grateful to be here, and it is really a gift um, to be here. And um, greetings from our church, uh, who we are missing this morning, but I have some lovely friends who came with me today, uh, who you'll get to see and hear more about uh, later as well. And so I told you a little bit about myself, but also, you know, um, tell you a little bit about my personal life, um, because I just feel like I just need to get a couch and do a show at this point. Um, uh, but I'm married, and uh, we lead this church, but I also have two amazing daughters. Their names are Leia and Annika, um, you know, a nice little Swedish name in there for the ECC. Yep, there's a picture. There we go. I was waiting for that. First service did it easily. Everybody saw the picture, and they were like, oh, you guys are like, and? Um, <laughs> there they are, my adorable daughters. You know what? That, was just, that just made me feel some kind of way. Thank you, guys. <laughs> but there they are. They are, <laughs> uh, Alea is eight, Annika is six, and um, I, I bought this picture to show you all just so you could know a little bit about me, but I also read somewhere that um, as a communicator, if you show people a picture of your family, they're more open <laughs> to listening to you. And so... Last night, I wanted to show this picture, but we had a little technical hiccup, and so I wasn't able to do it. So today, just in case, I actually bought my daughter with me. <laughs> As a backup, she's the one in the blue dress who is uh, recording me in landscape because we had to talk about how to record on phones, but she was also Pinteresting earlier. So I'm like getting into the worship, and she's like, Mom, look at this unicorn bed. You could buy it at Walmart. I said, just save it to your folder. So she's like saving stuff to Pinterest as we're worshiping. And I'm like, what kind of parent am I right now? <laughs> like, worship Jesus. No, let's look at things from Walmart, unicorn beds to buy. Um, <laughs> and so now that you've been introduced uh, to myself and my family, I know your hearts are going to be open now. And so I know you guys are like, let's get on with this message here. <laughs> well, um, the message that I'm going to talk about today is near and dear to my heart, and it, um, when I got a call to come here today, it actually was perfect timing because it's almost been two years to the day that, I've been, that I had been here, and I've had a really unique experience between that time and now that you will get to hear more about as I share today's message, but as soon as I thought about what to talk about as I come come here today, this message came up for me. And I'm really excited to share it. And you'll get to hear more about um, my personal journey between then and now as I share today's message. And just another thing, so I'm going to be coming from John chapter 5. John, one of my most favorite books of the Bible. Um, but also, I'm, you know, that's not the only reason why I'm excited to talk about it. But also, um, whenever I read scripture, just to give you a heads up, so even if you're following along with me or you have your Bibles or whatever the case may be, I just want to encourage you to just kind of listen to the words of scripture and let them soak in. 
I used to teach preaching at Bethel Seminary for a few years, and one of the things that we talked about when we talked about being um, really um, uh, critical communicators and how to do that well, one of the things I emphasized was taking your time to read scripture. The most important part of the message is not what we say in between, but the words that Jesus speaks. Because without these words, there wouldn't be a message. And so, as I read today from John chapter 5, starting at verse 1, I want to encourage you to just sit and listen to the words of Scripture. And you're welcome to follow along in your Bibles or your apps, whatever the case may be. But um, if, you, if you like to, I also want to give you that invitation to just sit and listen to the words and just let them wash over you. How does that sound? John chapter 5. Starting at verse 1, it says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. And when the water bubbles up, someone else always get there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. One more time for the Holy Spirit. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you so much that you are a good father and you love to give good gifts. I thank you, God, for the gift of this gathering this morning. Thank you, God, uh, that we're able to gather here freely to be in your presence. And God, we just ask that you would speak to us this morning, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you come in this place? Would you change us? Would you challenge us? Would you draw us into deeper connection with you? So, Lord, we thank you that you have etched out our names, God, not only in your hand, God, but in your heart, and that you have a word for us this morning. So, God, may our hearts be open to receive it. May our ears and our, our eyes, God, and our spirits, God, be available to hear what you have to speak to us this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray, and we all say together, Amen. So one of the things that I like to do whenever I'm reading scripture is I like to insert myself into the text. And I think this is important because many times we may read scripture and we just kind of read it as if that's something that happened then. And, you know, we don't always make the connection for what it means for us today. 
And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of recap this story and give you a little picture of what it means for you to insert yourself inside of this text, to look and see where the parallels are, not simply so you can look at yourself and go, oh yeah, there I am, there I am, there I am, but for you to see the bigger thing, which is there Jesus is, there Jesus is, there Jesus is. Sometimes we have to look at scripture and not only look at it for ourselves to see what God has to say to us, right? Because there are all these wonderful promises in it for us, but to look at it and just say, God, sometimes I need to look at my life and just see where you are and just see where you are. That when we open the Bible, we can look at it and go, okay, God, this is an amazing story, but I want to see where you are. Not just here, but here in my own life. So here it is, we are in this story, and I shared earlier that I am going to share some other things with you about where I've been and what I've been doing over the past two years. I'll tell that momentarily, but first, I want to talk about this story a little bit and help you to even insert yourself into the text by looking at this man who had been sick for 38 years. That is a long time to be sick. But he had been sick for 38 years. But what's so interesting is he's in a place called Bethesda, which means the house of mercy or the place that is flowing with water or miracles, and he's sick. And I thought to myself, how many of us have that story or can relate to what he's going through? We're in great places like Woodland Hills Church, we are Christians, we are believers, we are people who are consistently showing up in the house of mercy, in the place that is flowing with miracles, yet we have not received the promise and the blessing we've so been hoping and waiting for. This man had been waiting for years and I cannot imagine what it would be like to wait for 38 years. I mean, can you imagine that? That you're there and you're present, and year after year, okay, okay, let's, let's forget year after year, let's make it shorter. Week after week, you're showing up, and you're going, what's happening for my neighbor isn't happening for me. Month after month, it's still not happening for me. Or maybe you're a person, you do your calendar by holidays, you know? And the most important holiday on my calendar is my birthday. <laughs> hey, now I got a couple of birthday people who agree with that. But can you imagine, birthday after birthday, you're in the same place. Or you're a seasons person, I love Christmas. Any Christmas fans in here? Okay, you, you almost got to be if you live in Minnesota. <laughs> Christmas after Christmas, you're in the same place. Pumpkin latte season. After pumpkin latte season. For all my Starbucks fans, you are in the same place. Now, I make light of these seasons, but what I don't make light of is how difficult it is when you experience disappointment after disappointment 
when things are not happening. Scripture tells us that a dream that is deferred, or that's actually a poem, but that's how I say it. A dream deferred makes the heart sick. Essentially, when a promise is not coming to pass for us, when we cannot see it and hold it tangibly, that it literally can just make us sad and depressed. So imagine this man, for 38 years, he had not seen the promise come to pass. He had not experienced this thing that clearly he wanted so much, which was healing. Because why would he show up? Why would he remain there if he did not have hope? But then something miraculous happens. There is a breakthrough in the story. I mean, who doesn't love a breakthrough? There's a breakthrough in the story. Jesus shows up. And let me tell you something. Things get better when Jesus show up. Jesus shows up. Now, if you're like me, you read stories sometimes and you go, I can guess what's going to happen. You know, at the end of this book, you know, I shared with the first service, I said, I love mystery shows. Okay, I'm the worst to watch them with because I'm like, I know what's going to happen. My favorite shows, Matlock, Murder, She Wrote. You guys are like, how old is she? I'm 40. I don't, I don't look it though, right? Do we look it? Yeah, I don't think we look it. I don't look it though, do I? No? Okay, yeah. They say black don't crack. <laughs> Amen. But I, I, I can be the worst because I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. I can infer from this moment what's going to happen. And I did the same thing when I read this text. I can infer what's going to happen when Jesus shows up. He's going to go because it says that Jesus knew that this man was sick for a long time. Jesus is going to go, and immediately Jesus is going to heal him. No, Jesus doesn't do that. Isn't that funny? That's how God often works with us. He doesn't immediately do what we think he's going to do, immediately do what we think he should do. Instead, Jesus goes up to the man. And what does he do? He asks him a question. Jesus, I don't have time for that. It's what I feel like. But Jesus asks him a question. And it's almost like I can feel the tension in the text. I've been sick for 38 years. Here Jesus is. You're showing up. You asked me a question. Can you do it immediately? Can you just actually before? I don't even want to have a discussion. Can you just touch me and heal me? I'm here. You're here. I'm here. Let's make this happen. But Jesus doesn't do that. Instead, he asks the man a question. And I've said this before. When I've shared messages in other places and at my own church, that whenever God asks us a question, the answer is not for him. 
because he knows. I mean, Jesus is God in the body, right? He knows the answer. The narrative tells us that he knows the answer already. So he does not ask the question for himself, but he asks the question for the man. And why does he ask the question for him? It is to help reorient him to where he is, but not only to where he is, but to who he is. I mean, I was just having my quiet time this morning and I was reading in the gospels, right? How Peter has this interaction with the savior right after the resurrection. Not only is Jesus a good savior, not only is he miraculous and a healer, we also see he's a good cook because he's cooking up some fish and grits. I'm just kidding, I made up the grits part. <laughs> but he's cooking breakfast for them after he's told them to go out and catch some fish. And this is after the resurrection and he has a conversation with Peter. And you know what Jesus does? He asks a question. Peter, do you love me? He goes, yes, Lord. Well, then feed my sheep. And then Jesus proceeds to ask the question, not one more time, but two more times. And by the time he asked the third time, scripture tells us that Peter was grieved. Now, Jesus did not do this to upset Peter, but he did it to reorient him to where he was and who he was. You are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter, this is who you are. When Jesus asked the man who had been sick for 38 years, do you want to be well? He did not ask it. <laughs> so he would know. He asked it. So the man would know. Now remember, I said I had a story to tell about kind of my gap of what has happened between the last time I spoke here and today, and it's, it's a Matt story. And here's what, I mean, I love to do illustrations. And so I'm gonna do a quick illustration. My illustration assistant is not here. And so, um, is it Chad? Would you pass me that mat there, that green mat behind that brown purse? Yeah, yeah. You're amazing. Can we give Chad a hand? Eatabomb.com. So let's sing a little song, because usually while I do this, baby shark, baby shark. Oh, if I got to suffer, you guys got to suffer too with that song. Baby shark. Okay, all done. So, two years ago, when I was here, I had a fantastic time, just like I'm doing this weekend. And I got in my car. And as I'm getting in my car, just kind of relishing the good time that I had here with you Woodland Hills folks, I was feeling really sick. And at first, I just thought it was a little cold. And I thought to myself, Oh, it's just a little cold, you'll be okay. But I left here and I actually got sicker in the days and weeks to come. 
And I was in and out of the emergency room over and over and over. And they kept going, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> and then I had one final trip to the emergency room where my heart rate was just so high and it was just, you know, my symptoms were so out of control. They said, we're gonna put you in an ambulance and we're gonna take you to the cardiac uh, unit over here at this hospital. So I get in and all these things are just kind of happening quickly and I'm like, what's happening? You know, what's going on? And I get to the hospital and long story short, after lots of days, lots of tests, lots of pokes <laughs> in the middle of the night and early in the morning, lots of labs, they came back and they said, hey, Mrs. Bullock, we have discovered that you have an autoimmune disease. That autoimmune disease is lupus. 38 years old, diagnosed with lupus. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And so here I was, taking off my shoes now, I hear your pastor does this. So <laughs> I got permission to take off my shoes. You can take off your shoes too if they're fresh, <laughs> arm and hammered up. <laughs> so here I was having received this information on the mat. And then they started to tell me, hey, here's what we have to do. And the more they told me and the more the symptoms became evident and even worse, I kind of got closer and closer and closer, by the way, this is like a great ab exercise. <laughs> closer and closer and closer to the mat. And perhaps many of you know what I'm talking about. They said, we don't know what's happening, but we do know this. This is wrong, that is wrong, this is wrong. And every time I got a phone call, every time I went to the doctor, It was me in the mat, me in the mat, me and the mat. And then one day, Jesus came to me and he asked me a question. Nicole, do you want to be well? And I grabbed hold of my mat and I said, but look at this mat, Jesus. Look at all these things going on, Jesus. Look at my mat. And Jesus said, that's not what I asked you. I said, do you want to be well? We'll stand up. Here's the thing. We all have a mat. Your mat may not be physical like mine's. Perhaps there are other circumstances and things going on in your life. Perhaps it's the job, the kids, the marriage, you know, the, the, the money, the whatever, whatever it is. We all have a mat. And because we all have a mat, 
And simultaneously, we all have a savior. Jesus will invite us to be healed when we have this mat. And here is the question. Jesus comes to you with your mat situation and says to you, do you want to be well? And you answer, yes. The first thing he's going to do is tell you to stand up. Stand up. And here's what standing up means. Standing up means I am going to make an intentional choice that even though this mat is right here, I'm going to trust in the command and the promise of God even though I don't get it. And I am going to stand up. But I love it because it doesn't stop there, does it? Jesus says, stand up. But then he says this, take up your mat. And here's what it looks like to take up your mat. You've stood up to say, I'm going to be intentional to trust the promises of God, even though I don't understand. But taking up that mat means I'm going to start taking steps in actions. You know what happened when I was initially diagnosed and I kept getting sicker and symptoms kept getting worse, had all of this inflammation and um, I couldn't walk, uh, uh, literally. I, ha I had to get rolled around in a, wheel a wheelchair. My hands didn't work very well and it was really difficult for me. And I, and I remember even crying at one point because one of the things I love to do is do my children's hair, put little pre, uh, you know, braids and beads in it, beads so they can make noise, you know. I know where you are at all times, that's the GPS <laughs> for me. But I remember mourning not being able to do that. But when God invited me to take up the mat, he began to show me, it's not about this piece, it's about you spending quality time with your children. And so in my rolling up the mat, I began to look at things differently. In my taking up of the mat, I began to see it a little differently. I began to get a clearer picture of God's truth and revelation about where I really was, but not only where I really was, who I really was. This didn't make me less of a person, but it did make me more of a follower. It did help me to understand what it meant to take up my cross and follow him. And I took up my mat. I began to take steps of faith. After I stood up and was intentional, I then picked up my mat. 
start taking those little steps of faith. And then you know what happened next? He said, walk. I mean, thank God when you get to walk in a nice pair of shoes. Yeah. Get yourself a nice pair of animal print shoes. Uh-huh. And walk out the promises. And let, and let me tell you something. It was not easy. I, so I, I don't want to diminish anybody's pain or suffering. I'm being very honest and transparent with you. It was not easy. Standing up, taking up the mat, but then that walking. Woo! Walking in that truth, moving beyond the steps of action, beginning to live into a new purpose, living into a new understanding, even when I didn't have all the answers. You know, I had a lot of symptoms, I said that already, right? But one of them was I lost my voice for months. I'm sure my children enjoyed it. <laughs> Maybe my husband did too, I'm not sure. <laughs> Lost my voice for months. As a matter of fact, my voice is still not recovered. I've been hoarse for about a year and a half. But God said, walk. You still get in the pulpit and you preach. Walk. You still declare my truth, walk. You still have a message to give, walk. And here's the great part. You still walking with your mat. See, the mat is the testimony. Let's people know, listen, everything in my life is not perfect. I got a mat, but I got a savior. but I got a healer. I got a mat, but I got a redeemer. I got a mat, but I still got salvation. I got a mat, but I still have God. I may have a mat, but I'm walking anyway. And you know what happened with this man? After Jesus tells him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. What happens? You think everybody would be like, yes! You've been sick for 38 years. Amazing, wonderful. Jesus has healed you. Is that what happened? I'll tell you the answer, no. The guy picks up his mat and he's walking and the verses after the first eight that we read tell us that people went, who healed you? Who gave you permission to be walking around? The narrative tells us that people objected to his healing. Preposterous, right? But let me say this. Even when you stand up and you are intentional, you roll up that mat, and you start taking steps of faith and letting God reveal to you who he is and who you are, and you start walking in that new revelation and truth, there will be objections. There will be objections. Things are not perfect, 
for me, I still got my mat, right? And I remember as I began to walk in my new purpose, walk in my new truth. Some people looked at me strange and said, what are you doing? I mean, I have lots of different stories. I have some stories with good friends of mine said, no, you, you got to stop preaching. Your voice is never going to recover if you keep preaching. Can I tell you something? It actually got better. I'm telling you the truth. Thank you, baby. My daughter was clapping for me. She gave me an amen. She got off Pinterest, finally. <laughs> But my voice actually did get better. I had a mentor of mine who I hadn't talked to a while, and I called up, you know, at the start of this year to check in and just say, hey, I'm doing better. And as I was talking to her, she said, hey, I see you got all these great pictures online. You must be doing better. And I said, well, actually, you know, told her what was happening. I said, I actually had chemo treatments because my symptoms have been so out of control and so on and so forth. And she said, oh, well, why are you posting pictures online? You shouldn't be doing that. Almost like, you know, that's if you're sick, you should just be somewhere sick. I don't know. But I said to myself, I'm not going back to the mat. <laughs> I'm not going back to the mat. See, because those objections often, if we listen, will drive us back to the mat. Will drive us back to the mat. And it's like, when that happens, you know that there has already been too much of a process to be driven back to the mat. Too much has transpired, too much has gone on, and I know people may not understand it. They may want me to sit down. They may not want me to post a happy picture if I'm sick. I don't know what it is, and to be quite honest, I do not care. <laughs> because I am not going back to the mat. I'm gonna respond like the man who had been sick for 38 years. When they said, who told you to get up? When they strongly objected to his healing. The story tells us that he said to them, the man who healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. When people object to your healing, you can give them a response like this, it's actually biblical. So then you really sound astute. It is theologically sound. You can even say, this is biblical. He told them, the one who healed me told me. I understand that you have objections. You may be worried about my health, and some of them may be actually in good, in a good way, caring about you, but you have to say the one who healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. The man whose name
name is Jesus said I was healed and he told me to pick up my mat and walk. The man who delivered me, his name is Jesus. He told me to pick up my mat and walk. The man who saved me, his name is Jesus. The name above every name, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, both in heaven and in earth, that he is Lord, the man. Who healed me? You didn't give it to me. You can't take it away. But the man who healed me, who told me to pick up my mat. Oh, I feel a pick up your mat spirit in here today. We about to be walking around this week. Mary, where's Mary? She did this to me last service. She left. So now I'm going to take an hour and a half. <laughs> Nobody here to rein me in. <laughs> I'm sure Mary somewhere sending me a text message to my iPad. You're, you're going to get off that stage, Nicole, on time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mary's great. Isn't she great? Give her a hand. <laughs> but the man who healed me told me, pick up my mat and walk. And let me tell you something. One of the gifts I believe that God has given me is not to just see people where they are, but to see people where God has called them to be. And what I see in this room is a bunch of mat walkers. Hey, God. People who are going to hear and receive today's invitation from Jesus to take up your mat. Oh God, I, I have Baptocostal roots. <laughs> when Jay, you like that was up here earlier, talking about stand up, sitting down. I was thinking, at my church I grew up in, it used to get a lot crazier than this. You know, I wish I had a tambourine today because I really would have acted up. <laughs> Another two years for Nicole, she bought a tambourine. <laughs> but we grew up singing, I, I got a praise. And they would shout and sing and dance. Yeah, okay. But we're not doing that right now. We're, we're wrapping up this message on time. I got four minutes. I'm not going to be wise with my time because I want you to hear this invitation. And the invitation is this, that I believe through this message today, through this story, the testimony, the mat, my mat, that God has asked me to share with you all today is actually an invitation that no matter where you are, if you are down there holding on to that mat for dear life, and you're there for legitimate reasons, 
Yes. We all are. Hear the invitation of Jesus who says, do you want to be well? Even though you have reason to hold on to your mat, I'm inviting you to take that first step and just stand up. And maybe you're already standing. You've already had that intention in your heart that even though you don't understand everything about your mat situation, you've stood up. I'm going to invite you to take the next step and pick up your mat. To start taking steps of faith and allowing Jesus to reorient you to where you are and most importantly, who you are. That it's not about your mat. It's about who he's called you to be in spite of your mat. So if you're in that place where you have stood up, I want to invite you to pick up your mat. And if you've picked up your mat and you're kind of standing there, okay, like, what do I do now that Jesus is giving me revelation and truth? I want you to start walking with your mat. Letting people see, I serve a good God and a good Savior. And he's called me to walk with my mat. Yes, there will be objections. Yes, people will not understand. But you know what you could tell them, right? That biblical answer we talked about earlier. The one who healed me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Told me to pick up my mat and walk. I want to encourage you today that no matter where you are, no matter what phase you're in, because sometimes we do lose focus and we just focus on the destination. We focus on the promise. We focus on the thing. But with Jesus, it's about the journey. It's about the process. And today, this message, this sermon, this time, is an invitation for us to recognize where are we in the process. It's an invitation to hear the question of Jesus. Do you want to be well? It's an invitation for us to be bold and begin to walk with our mats. Because the one who has healed us has told us to pick up our mats and walk. Here is what I want to do in light of this invitation that I believe that Jesus is extending to us through today's message. That if you are determined today to move from one phase to the next, from mat to standing, from standing to rolling, from rolling to walking, that if you are going to move from one of those places today, I want you 
to just receive this blessing and prayer that I'm going to pray. And here's how I want you to receive it. Just want you to slip out your hands in your seat like this. I call this the T-Rex pose. <laughs> Keep it right here, right at the waist. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> My child is doing a bunny rabbit situation. <laughs> but that's all right. But this is just our sign of surrender. Us holding out our hands and holding them open. Because <laughs> it's hard to receive something with closed hands. Yeah. Opening our hands and just saying, all right, God, give me what I need. And so, God, I thank you for every hand that has slipped out right now. <laughs> for every person who is receiving this invitation to move from one place to the next. Would you, God, give them strength? Would you give them courage? Would you give them wisdom? Would you give them discernment? To move forward in the ways that you are calling them to move forward. Would you honor the yeses that people are giving you today? Would you respond with an even greater yes? And I know we can ask for that because you've given us the greatest yes of all in your son, Jesus Christ, who you sent to die for our sins. And if you would give us that, I know you'll give us the things that we ask for in this moment. So God, I pray a blessing over every person who's moving from mat to standing. Ha <laughs> ha, thank you, bless their intention. I pray for every, a blessing over every person who is picking up their mat. God, would you bless the truth and the revelation that you're going to pour out to them and who they really are. I pray a blessing over every person who has begun to walk with their mat. Would you give them strength and courage amidst every naysayer and every objection to be strong enough, bold enough, wise enough, a representative enough to say the one who has healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. Thank you, Jesus, for this incredible invitation that you've extended to us today. We thank you that we are responding in kind. Bless every person. Bless our time in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.